Welcome to Mutual Victory, friends. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. And we're back. And we're back. And we're late again. And we're late again. You would think because there's more daylight, we'd have more time. You know, I don't know. I feel like... No. No? All right. No, because we're doing Outside Beautyus. Ugh. We sure are. Thank God. We're doing so much Outside Beautyus. Yeah. We're late again. This is like... This is Friday. Mm-hmm. We're not even. We are behind the eight ball. I lately. I I don't. You know. I'm gonna blame golf. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> How dare you? Just gonna. The golf just, happens at dawn. I'm back before nine a.m. Well, I was ready to drink coffee and to record this podcast this morning, but... <clears throat> yeah, I forgot about that. We thought about doing it in the morning. You were tired and had just played golf. Don't blame golf. <laughs> Don't blame that. Just stop it. What are we here to talk about today? This is uh, another one of, like, we had a PSA sort of episode a little while ago where, like, mm. we didn't even try to sugarcoat it or just hide the fact that it was just straight up, like, advice. Oh, yeah. We were advising. Wait, <laughs> Advi- what, was, what was it? No idea. Don't remember. Hmm. I but would... I remember... You remember it being advisy. I guess I don't remember because I'm drawing a blank. Okay. <clears throat> so how did this idea come up? What was it, What is this episode called? This is like things to do before... You commit. You commit. To a long-term partnership. Yeah. We don't want to say necessarily get married because, you know, maybe you don't get married and that's fine or whatever. But like, I mean, I'd maybe even move in long term, whatever mm-hmm. you decide is long term commitment, par- committed you- partnership. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, and I think that we will probably just slip into what we know, which is the dynamic of a committed monogamous marriage so yeah maybe we don't exactly know what to do in other types of relationships prior to commitment and we can say that if this is the type of relationship you're embarking upon um there's there's a checklist there's a ahead of time yeah i mean if you're deciding to commit to someone long term yeah yeah and but like where did we get this idea like this is not a new i series of ideas we've been kicking around we sort of like revisit this every now and then but like recently what made us arrive at this like idea i would say the uh living situations and life situations of the children (laughs) so just as a quick uh rundown abby our oldest uh just moved back from boston and she is moving into well she moved this week every practically everybody moved this week into her like in the, apartment in the past 10 to 14 days yeah everyone's been everyone moving. needed help moving moving in some way or some sort of living accommodation yeah uh and she's living on her own in a one bedroom apartment like yeah. doesn't have roommates this is all you know very new it's like the first not living without roommates right yeah which right. is a whole other beast yeah and so, you know, she's in a relationship with someone. They're not living together. She's in a relationship with someone. The middle one is married with a baby. And they just bought a house this week. So there was that whole 
moving scenario. And, um, you know, in the last couple of weeks, the youngest has moved into the yard. <laughs> into a camper that we got. Into a I camper. Mean, last summer, it was a separate office, like mm-hmm. separate workspace. And we even stayed in it a handful of nights when we had Guess, like, family yeah. over, right? Mm-hmm. But then it needed significant work to be ready for this summer, mm-hmm. which was done again in like no time. Yeah. Like five days of like repair the ceiling because of its mold and get enough beds in there mm-hmm. and repair. It. Yeah. So there was a lot of things that needed to be done and were done pretty quickly. Yeah. So very three unique living <clears throat> situations, which then made us think of like, well, I think it was like the middle, it was like the buying of the house. That well, was, it was made also us kind the of of this, moving right? her stuff out of Boston too. Oh, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. weeks ago. Okay. So, you know, like we would just throw things out there, like, "Oh, it's a good thing to do this before you commit to someone." Oh, that's yeah. another thing. You know, check that box before you commit to someone. Things you should um, should yeah. Things to do before you commit long term. Highly recommended. Yeah, highly recommended. It will glean you some significant information. Right. I guess what is the overall point of this? list or doing these things like why in your opinion should we or should people do these before they commit it's it's an opportunity to get to know someone at a level that like breaks through our human capacity and threshold for like holding together our best archetypes (laughs) yeah it's like how do you easily see through your like dates one through five self right right like yep. that's a that's a very very quaffed mm-hmm. very manufactured presence that you put together for someone yeah and then it's like as soon as you find that person that you crafted this image for it's like how soon can i get rid of that and just be me right <laughs> you know like it's it's not that that's not you per se it's just a part of you it's a part of you you know like we bring our someone new is coming over to your house and you clean up and you, you know, just tidy things. So that's kind of what it is. It's like, you're going on a date with someone and you tidy yourself uh, energetically and personality wise. Like, like, and that tidiness only lasts so long before it needs to be retidied. But like the point, I guess is what's, what's the view of someone between the two peaks of tidy what's the chasm of sloppy right that that exists that's life and that's like human and that's just unavoidable that's what you need to see Mm -hmm. before you're like oh this is this is what i want to be around this is what i'm willing to deal with stuff like that right so we both have a similar list quote unquote like we have things that we we've talked about this before but i think we also both have some things maybe that I know I I thought of a couple things that I don't know if I've told you. Mm. So yeah. let's go through why don't you bring up one thing okay. and we'll just go we'll just like Wimbledon. We'll kind of go back and forth. Back and forth right? Well, and I also could back up and say too that like I never had I wouldn't say that I was a person that operated around the like deal breaker list. I mean, mm. beyond like there's some very clear ones that I'm not gonna get into right now. Uh And there certainly were some things as our relationship moved forward that 
I was looking for like opportunities to have this scenario, opportunities to have this scenario. And it was unspoken until it wasn't. And then I, and I, I'm pretty sure that this wasn't until like after we got married that, uh, you know, we would say funny things back and forth, like, oh, that's one of those things that I'm glad we did. You know, like, mm. we did that thing before we committed to each other because right. we got to see, yeah, yeah. you know, Delta Mad. Like, <laughs> well, we were married then. That's oh, true. You were it's stuck. <laughs> I mean, I guess you weren't, but I mean, <laughs> wow. Okay. Shit, that's a good question. What if Delta Mad happened pre engagement, like during dating? It was totally inappropriate response. I mean, yeah. you were mad. For a very, very valid yeah, reason. Yeah, but you, we were married then. You were like already in the mindset of like committed to this. You had said yes, essentially. So maybe are you more likely to let a thing or two like that slide? If you saw that in like the first six months. I don't know, because be you were articulate while you were livid. So maybe <laughs> if you were shouting like expletives mm. at Delta... <clears throat> I would have been like, oh, mm, I don't really like the this. The absolute goal of you, sir. But you were like the egregious price gouging of what are you inventing? Are you building these airplane yeah. seats currently tonight for <laughs> like it was articulate anger. Yeah. So right. I'm okay with articulate anger, oh, apparently. Okay. Um, so one of the top, I mean, on that note, one of the top things on the list would be traveling together yeah definitely traveling preferably like There's where the travel mechanism is out of your hands so mm. you're you're flying you're on a train you you have to follow mm. like some other schedule and like you don't get to be in control right. of the stop and the go and the yeah i think where i landed it was you should travel if it's going to be domestic it should have a layover yeah. And in, or international. Because totally. that's, that's its own kind of beast. But yeah, like, let's see you try to make a flight, mm -hmm. try to make a connecting flight. Maybe you miss that connecting flight. What does that look like? What does that look like? Yeah. Or, you know, you didn't have time to eat in the airport. And so you were crossing your fingers that you were going to get some food on the airplane and said it was pretzels that suck. And you're starving and you're in a place that you've never been in before where maybe you don't, you know, speak mm. the language and you're 100% outside of your comfort zone. Like, mm. who do you be in that moment? Can I ask a question that's not entirely related? Sure. You often say what you just said about who do you be, uh -huh. not who are you. Yeah. Can you explain why you phrase it that way? Because, well, I mean, in the context of what we're talking about, like, the archetypes that we bring to a table mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, when we're at our best or when we're wanting to present our best are different than the archetypes that show up, like, when we're at our most stressed mm. or when we're outside of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And, like, those are not who we are. Mm. It, you know, like, in my kind of brain and, and understanding of human behavior, there's like who we are inherently. We are kind, we are loving, we are connecting, right? That is not who human beings be 
every day. We've seen that enough in the news in the last couple of weeks. So that we step into being like almost like a character. We are playing something. So is it like when you say who you are, that is a more long-term, well-established, permanent part, mm-hmm. and who you be is a temporary, kind of more in the moment type thing? It's kind of like a mask that you oh, put okay. on. It's All a right. it's a costume. It's a um it's a character that you be in a given scenario or group of people. Yeah, who you I, are at your essence is not the way you phrase angry it, at Delta. Right, but the but that is definitely not a thing that's not I mean it was not really a mask. It like revealed it like I took the mask off. You know what I mean? Like I think it's not like it's less genuine or it's less a part of me, but it's like maybe more temporary. Oh, and I'm, I don't no, no, no. mean like who we be is fake. It's right, not- but maybe impermanent or like a glimpse or like not as lasting long, you know? I don't know. I mean, from if we're, I mean, if we're going to get super deep into it, like, you know, who you are is your soul. Who you be is your mood, your attitude your feelings that are ever and always changing so like you're kind of like like you're getting there it's like (laughs) who you are is the core of you and never ever changes who you are is the same you at four as Uh, when you're 70 okay so i'm on the right track and saying that like the r is more permanent long lasting the b is a little bit more temporary in the moment yes okay all right, that's that's kind of what I was yeah. getting at. Interesting. You You've I've heard you say this. Who in you your teaching? And <laughs> I've like never. I mean, it was like clearly a very. You're like this is grammatically incorrect. No, it was the opposite. Where I did notice it was yeah, not grammatically quote unquote correct, but it was very intentional that you chose those words. So I was always curious as to why, and I think I've often heard you use it when you're teaching in the office mm. and then by the time you're done, it's like an hour and a half later and I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually thought to remember yeah. to ask you when I hear it. Yeah. I mean, the simple, it's like who you are is who you are when you're by yourself. Oh God. I don't know. I'm a hermit. <laughs> I'm a... The magician. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh my God. I can't, I am identifying more with that as time goes on. Yeah. It's bad. Why? Bad in a way because like when we talked about being an introvert extrovert and how introverts spend coins with every interaction yeah. they do. Yeah. More things are costing more coins. <laughs> oh and, shit. Inflation it, has hit. <laughs> it has. Like more things cost more coins and it takes more time to replenish. Is it like rising with gas prices? Oh. As long as, you know, don't tell anybody. Someone will blame Joe Biden for it or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have definitely noticed where things that used to not cost coins cost coins. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It just, just means I'm more tired. Maybe I'm just old and more tired. <laughs> or, more exhausted. or you are no longer like interested in showing up in a particular archetype in order to be. And so instead you just are. Very true. However, yesterday 
we spent time at a pub mm-hmm. hanging out with three people, mm-hmm. two of which I haven't seen in years. years. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. And we were like, we're doing this again at this time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, genuinely jazzed, excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. This was great and easy. It's just so complicated. I it's don't know. Very, you know, you're a very layered hermit. <laughs> like an onion. I'm a stinky onion <laughs> hermit. All right. So travel domestic, travel internet. This is air travel. Yeah. Or trains. I mean, I think that it or buses. It just really, for me, it comes down to you can't be in control mm. of the schedule, the arrival times, you know, like if, if we get in the car and we drive to Iowa, like... Yeah. We're in control of that whole trip for now, the most part. I mean, as much as we're in control of anything in this world. It's funny. In the list that I made of things that I thought we hadn't discussed that I just thought of, uh-huh. road trips is on my list. Oh. And it's it's more of because confined space for a prolonged period of time. Yes. What does that look like, feel like, sound like? Mm-hmm. I think that's also equally important. I totally agree. I yeah. would put that on the it's list. Almost road like trips. Could you be shot to Mars with someone? Mm-hmm. Essentially, you'd be in something not much bigger than a Camry. Yeah. But for I mean, like months at a time. Except you know that you mean? can like get out and like go walk around. Yeah, I can truck get stop gas and... at Indianola. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I have to. So it's not that bad. Not in outer yeah. space. Yeah. Um, no, but I like the idea of it's the, for me, it's the confined space for the prolonged mm-hmm. period of time, whether it's. 45 minutes, a couple hours to many hours. I think that's how do you, I mean, yeah, how mainly, do you road trip together? How, how do you handle this dead space that is car ride? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, can you, can you listen to the same music? Can you listen to a book? Can you be in silence together and have it not be like, oh shit, this is weird? Mm-hmm. You know, I think those are because you don't, you're not often in silence with someone and, without anything else going on. Like you could be eating together and not talking. Maybe mm-hmm. you're watching TV and you're not discussing things, reading on the couch or something, but maybe like road trips where like there's limited things you can kind of do. Right. Like you can't be distracted. You can't go somewhere else in a different room. If you're just like going to be quiet and not talk to each other, but are you forced to not I mean, forced to be in proximity and also not have anything to say? And how does that feel? How does that, yeah. How does that sit? And on the other end of that is how do you, on road trips, like, how do your styles complement one another? Because, like, some people have very strong feelings about wanting to be the person that's driving mm. or not wanting to be the person that's driving. Like, does that work? Does that dynamic? Is there some kind of meeting in the middle that gets to happen? Or... um are you comfortable with just kind of what each other's preferences are? Mm. Uh, anything from like, is someone good with directions? Is uh, <laughs> what happens if you get lost? Like, and and I could boil both of the travel kind of instances down to how do you handle being not in control of mm. all the variables, potentially you know, being outside of your comfort zone in a lot of different Mm. boxes, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe being overly hungry, 
maybe getting overly tired, tired yeah. and all those like, <clears throat> you know, you just kind of like peel back another layer, let that guard down. Like you just don't, mm. you, if you're on energy reserves, you're not going to be able to be like, oh, this is the persona that I'm bringing to the yeah. table in this partnership. That's why like all these dating shows, like either, uh, what's the stupid one? Oh, the one mom was watching. Which one? Was that? she watching like Married at First Sight or something like uh, that? Who, my mom? No, mine. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Or The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Yeah, like, any of those. Don't show me a dinner with two people. Right. Show me them driving three hours to something. Yeah. That is more telling and more interesting than just like, oh, here's a romantic dinner. Here's a romantic candle beach, dinner like, that somebody cooked for yeah, you. Yeah. Like, how hard is it to get I can get along with a fucking asshole for that long. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> By eating a steak. If, if you're I eating a, a steak, you can get along with anybody. If I have a steak cooked medium rare, I almost don't give a shit who's across the table. <laughs> I actually don't give a shit. I would just enjoy my steak and you would. not care. You totally yeah. would. Anyone can get along with anyone. Any Anyone could handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Do you have something else? Oh, because you were counting that one as yours. What? Which one? The go on a road trip together. Well, like so, you mentioned travel, domestic travel. Well, yeah. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, I thought about road trip as a separate kind of yep. reasons. Um, do you have any that you've thought of or anything Moving. else? Moving. Moving is good. Yeah. Yeah. You have to move together. You have mm. to. I mean, like, it's easy to say live together before you get married. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Like, it blows my mind that people used to not live together before they got married. Like, what yeah. kind of crazy shit did you discover? I mean, I guess this was when, like, you know, I mean, at least in the U.S., when, like, women couldn't even get bank accounts without husbands. Right. So, like, yeah. what are you going to do at that what point? What are your options? Like this deal jackass is a terrible mover i'm like well my, my choices are few my choices are few so there are so many things about moving yes that these all like these all reveal character these uh-huh. all just like you said peel back layers they reveal character they reveal priority mm. like very clearly mm. yeah you will know what is important to someone when you're watching them move. Yeah. And helping them, let alone helping them move. <laughs> How somebody approaches moving, personal opinion, I, I'm willing to be wrong. Obviously, on this. you don't have to say, I think. I know you're thinking. <laughs> and I'm willing to be wrong. Um, how you approach a move is probably pretty parallel to how you approach many large projects mm. in life okay yeah i get that yep where are your t's crossed and lowercase j's dotted mm. ahead of time or in as it's going on yep. or at all is there a plan is there a plan is there a timeline or is it utter chaos <laughs> I have seen both of those things. I've seen the same group yeah. have a a, a plan mm-hmm. and b total chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think like it's again, this is not like this is the way. This is not like a judgment. This isn't like this oh, is the. I'm judging. You you only <laughs> have to judge the way that I move. I'm not judging. because you only you only married me. Um, all but what matters in the context of relationship. And committed partnership is, can you handle whatever version of moving right, yeah. your partner does? Like, if they're like, wee, 
We'll just figure it out, man. It's all fun. Like, and that's cool with you, then. Oh, yeah. You've nailed it, this right? This isn't meant to be like, this is how you do it. Right. This is, it's meant to be, like you said, layers peeled back and mm-hmm. say, this is how I do things. Yep. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Either way is fine. It's just don't bullshit. Right. Just, and does it work? Yeah. Like, is the person like, oh, you don't want to plan and like organize things? That's cool because I'll take on that role. You move fucking boxes. You know, like yeah. maybe maybe there is a way to like figure out how to complement one another. And that is the key is like, do you literally want to pull your hair out and scream while moving with this person? Or is it like, okay, this is getting tense because moving is just intense. And we can still... Especially, I mean, like you said, with the travel, there's a lot of things that are out of your control. Mm -hmm. And the hilarious part is the illusion that you have control. Yeah. I mean, when, you know... I mean, that's the hilarious part about kids moved three days ago, Uh they (laughs) reserved a truck. Uh They had it at one u-haul in one town Mm. they went to get it they said oh we overbooked we don't have that but there's a smaller truck for you in a town that's in a different town 35 minutes away and it's like how do you deal with that this and this is like how do you deal with the unexpected how do you deal with stuff that is thrown at you yeah which really is a good indicator of I mean, I think that's what all these things have in common. I think if I had to pick one thread that I'm looking at my list, Mm -hmm. it's how do you deal with the things that are thrown at you that you didn't plan for? Right, right. And what is the follow-up of experiencing something that was hard or intense or overwhelming? Are you able to communicate with one another and articulate to one another? Like... It was really hard for me that, you know, X didn't happen before our moving day. Mm. And I'm not blaming you. I didn't take responsibility for it either. I'm just kind of outing this so that like bitterness doesn't squiggle in there because bitterness is like the killer of Mm. any relationship. Like get bitter about something and hold like hold on to that burning freaking rock in your hand. Mm. And, you know, it's a recipe for disaster for failure uh eventually and and so like are you are you comfortable enough in the relationship to be like whoa okay so that pretty much sucked and if we do this again like let's do it differently in this way can you have that conversation can you kind of air grievances in in that way and Mm. have it be heard received you know with some space and reflection and not uh you know, defensiveness. Defensiveness. Yeah. There's a lot of time things, things can come up and brought up and your intention is to say, Hey, this thing was hard when we had to deal with this bigger thing. And you could immediately go to a, well, like, Oh, I dropped the ball. I fucked up. That was my fault. Mm -hmm. Or why didn't you do it? And there's a lot of ways that can go. It's really, I mean, the more time passes, the more I realize it's really hard to phrase what you want to say to make sure your partner hears what you're saying, mm-hmm. not anything else. Yep. That's the trickiest part. It's like, you have to like know who you're talking to mm-hmm. before you say anything. And it's, that's, um, it took me till 43 
Oh, I'm almost I'm 42. I'm almost 43. To realize like, okay, if I'm talking to this person about this, here's how I have to say it. I can be saying the same thing to this other person <laughs> and can say it in a totally different way. And it's just, that's, that's people. It's fucking people, man. Fucking people. Fucking people. Fucking people. <laughs> well, because we don't see things the way that they are. We see things the way that we are. So we can be attempting to explain something to someone and they're hearing through a filter of what they know. Mm. Yeah. And what they've experienced. So, right. yeah. Do you have any other, I have something. You want me to yeah. Go on? Yeah. I mean, it's your All right. Geek out. Geek out. Geek out. What is the thing that maybe you're into passionate about? Because this may be, I'm just projecting. Sometimes it's like, I really enjoy this thing. And I kind of keep it close to the chest. You know what I mean? Keep mm-hmm. my, keep it close. Don't broadcast that I love it. And then sometimes I'm like, okay, I love this thing. And you're really vulnerable when you say that you love this thing. And someone could be like, oh, that's cool. But also, I think you should see that person be in their element. Like, for example, let's say like Comic-Con. Uh-huh. That's a good example. Uh-huh. Let's say... That's the thing. They love comics, sci-fi, fantasy. And it's like, watch that person geek out. Yep. I think. And this is more of, this is not quite like a warning. Like, see this person in stress. More of like, see this person in the opposite of stress. Like, Mm -hmm. see this person in their absolute joy. And I think that's good to see too. Right. And not always just like, okay, see them when they're at their worst. But also see them at, at their kind of best. And what right. and what they're excited about, especially if it's something you don't get. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, you and I, we both geek out pretty hard about Star Wars. I think that would be the number one. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. We mm-hmm. both definitely love the movies. You know, we both geek out pretty hard about that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. let's say, like, if I if you didn't geek out as hard as about Star Wars as I did, like. What like how would you how do you how do you receive that like right. how do you participate in that how do you participate in someone's thing mm-hmm. you know like how do you especially if it's not especially if it's not, if it's not your thing like how do you do that and it's something to like really have your eye you know like your eyes wide open about mm. when you step into that vulnerability and you share the thing that you're really passionate about with someone that you're, you know, dating, seeing whatever, whatever the kids are calling it these days. Um, They don't like labels now. I don't don't like like labels. labels. We're just like talking. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember talking? Oh my God. The kids are so funny. Talking was a relationship No, we're just talking. We're just talking. Oh my God. It's just talking. I Um, I wish I remembered that because every person I would ever hear anyone talk about, I would ask if they were talking. Yeah. Are you guys oh, talking? Shit. Are you guys talking? I wish I remembered this. I wish I remembered this. Oh, missed opportunity. So many. Oh, hold on. Oh, I won't forget it. Just put it in your pocket. <laughs> um, you know, how pay attention to how the person that you're in a relationship with behaves around your passions mm. and engages. Not that they have to jump on board and be like, oh, we're going to get into full costume for Comic-Con and like do the whole thing or dress up for the Ren Fair or whatever. And you don't want to spend time 
in a relationship where someone is shitting on your passions. Or not even shitting, but I mean, if someone is not as passionate about something and like that's your thing, that's the thing you're passionate about. How it could it work? I don't know. I reflect. I'm thinking about an episode of How I Met Your Mother where Ted was dating. I don't remember her name in the show, but it was Elliot from Scrubs. Uh-huh. Sarah Chalk. Sarah Chalk. I think her name is. I think so. And she, she had her character had never seen Star Wars, and Ted was like notorious for loving Star Wars. Okay. And like, <laughs> there's a scene where Marsh Ted is telling Marshall this, and Marshall's like. She's never seen Star Wars, Ted. The only people who have never seen Star Wars are the people in Star Wars because that's they were they were living the Star Wars. And Marshall's my favorite. And it, it was I just like him. the whole episode was like it was kind of like on this where like this isn't she doesn't like this thing at all, and it's like his favorite thing, right? So like, and she's like, I don't get it, I don't care about it, and it's like, can you be with someone that doesn't care about your favorite thing? Uh, this is. I don't have an answer. Can you? I, I don't know. I don't have an answer too. I mean, I can say like, again, it depends. We've talked about, um, you know, principles in relationships and mutual victory kind of themes and things like that before. And one of them is participating in, in someone mm. else's nonsense. In nonsense. And so it's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be your thing. And like, even a statement like, well, I don't really care about that. Like, I didn't need you to be into yoga, you know, like the, yeah. it wasn't like I, that wasn't, I wasn't looking for like a yoga guy. Right. Right. And if you were like, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't even know what I would have responded to, mm. you know, like all you need to understand is that this is my thing and it brings me joy. I don't and know. If, if you said, I don't get Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, seriously, if I was like, here's something I've loved since I can ever remember being. Yeah. And you were like, I don't really get it. I would just, I would, I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like, what would my reaction be? Like, the, you know, if you were like, I don't get baseball. I'm like, I get that. Like, it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not everyone's favorite thing. Like, I don't, I don't like the Yankees. Like, I can totally get that. Mm-hmm. There's people that don't. I understand that. Because it's not your thing. It's not thing. your thing. Thing. And then if someone's like, I don't get Star Wars, then I would feel that to my core. We're like, I don't know what's wrong with you as a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an extreme example. But I mean, the idea is that what is it like for someone to be with someone else and their passion is their passion mm-hmm. and the other person is like indifferent at best, you right. know? Right. And if someone is indifferent, I mean, I'm like, I, I, I I don't know if I can come up with like a, something that I love and care about that you're indifferent about. Jewel. Oh, stop it. (laughs) You don't even care for Jewel that much. I love Jewel. Okay. I temper it because, you know, it's a lot. When I go down that rabbit hole. Is it a lot? It is. When you get into like jewel mode? Yeah. Yeah. I need to see this. No, I don't no, think you want to see this. I do. I don't think you do. Why? I mean, mom is probably going to listen to this podcast and she's going to let you know what jewel mode is like. And like, now I have to. <laughs> um, You know, like if you were indifferent about something like, you know, that wasn't 
super, super important to me, but it was something that I enjoyed. Like, I probably would be like, nah, whatever. Um, it's so weird because you could not like, I'm thinking of all the things that I love. You could not like Metallica, Pearl Jam, mm. and I wouldn't give a shit. But if you were like, right. I don't like Star Wars, like, this is fun. Like, we, this will not work. Right. I mean, it would be like, <laughs> it would be like if you didn't like reading. Okay. Like, yeah, I would right. be like, what? What do you mean? Like, you I'd be like, I don't understand what you're saying with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you because you spoke English, I don't, but I don't get what you're saying. Right. Okay. And yeah. so I think like that would, like that would be really hard. I mean, Wait, again, is this I don't, like if I don't like Jewel? No. Okay. Jewel would be the same as like if I didn't like Metallica. Okay. That's fine. You know, like. We're all allowed to be wrong. We're all. <laughs> Let's just, for the record, say that I do not dislike Metallica, please. Yeah, that's fine. Do I? Can I name any of their songs? Yes, you can. What's the one with the Sandman? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were thinking, wasn't it? I, I'm so bad with song names. You are. That's okay. Okay, so I have another one. Go for it. You have to be sick together. Yeah, I thought of that too. Or together? one... I mean, not like you both have to be sick at the same time, but you mm. have to be with one another and witness the illness. Yes. And be... Down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. Um, and be <laughs> your level of caregiver, whatever that yeah, looks like. Absolutely. And is that, like, does that mm-hmm. work? Yeah. What is it like to witness someone being sick and what do you need to do for that so like for example when i got sick in march yeah we got the stomach bug yeah i i don't know i have not gotten that sick with you around uh, you, have I? you got food poisoning oh you almost shit. Had the hospital that's right that's right i forgot about that. <laughs> that which we did while traveling no 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 that was a different food poisoning Oh, yeah, that was food. Okay. I've not been that sick. Oh, my God, honey. We've been together for like a decade. You s- have been that sick before. Twice. Just FYI for all of our listeners, when Matt gets sick, this is the sickest that he's ever been, and he probably will never feel normal again. <laughs> yes. Every time any injury or sickness <laughs> I get, so true. <laughs> I get in the moment like, I am never going to feel normal. This will never never heal. This is the new normal for I me. I am never going to feel like... <laughs> I pulled a muscle or something in my right hand. Yes. And I think it was in the winter. And I'm like, this past winter. Mm-hmm. And I, all I can think about was like, is this going to heal for when I want to play golf? <laughs> I'm going to have to never play again. Yep. <laughs> it was fine like four days later. Yep. Okay. So I guess... All right. In my defense... Here's what I was thinking. When I got sick in March, I have never gotten the flu or stomach bug where I have like vomited. Mm-hmm. That has never happened. Mm-hmm. I have like gotten food poisoning. Yep. Uh, twice. Or like drank the water in Italy. Like that I got, wasn't tech- yeah, it wasn't I got food that sick yeah. while we were traveling. Yes. That was our honeymoon. That was our honeymoon. <laughs> That's hilarious. Woohoo! So, but I've never like every time I've gotten like a stomach bug, I've never like people like, oh, I'm throwing up because I'm sick. That's never happened to me. Mm-hmm. That's why I went to that space. Mm-hmm. When I get that sick, I want to be sequestered in yep. a corner alone, mm-hmm. and not just because I don't want to get anyone else sick. Right. I just like leave me alone. 
Yeah. Go away. Yeah. Don't need anything. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're not anyone. anyone everyone's like that. Like some people are like, please take care of me and right. care for me. And I, I'm the total opposite. I'm like, get out of this room. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And I pretty much want to be left alone when I'm sick too, mm. until I want to be touched. Right. Like yeah. I want, like, I never want to be touched. I want at some point someone to be rubbing my back or my feet. Mm. Um, but no talking. No. No talking. Don't try to do things around me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can be by myself in the bedroom. Like, I'll text if I need mm-hmm. something yeah. because I can't actually get up and get it myself. Yeah. So we are very similar in the sick department that right. it isn't like, you know. But that's, again, it's it's not only like not a, a lot of, like, you're not in control of a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do you behave? How do you handle not being in control? And this is like almost a more visceral where it's like, you're not in control of your functions. Right. And you are in a very vulnerable Mm -hmm. condition. Mostly an unattractive position to be in. Totally. You know. So like, how does that feel? How does that work? How does that look? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even like low level illnesses um the man cold that will never go away well there's that or like allergies that happen (laughs) no but like when we got our vaccines and like you know it was like we didn't want to get them at the same time so that we could be useful to one another and you know we also kind of have similar tactics where it's like okay i know that i know your comfort foods Mm. i know you know like you just kind of want to watch your thing on TV, be left alone, you know, heating pad, I'll make you soup, yeah. like whatever. I pretty much want to watch The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, something yeah. that's fun and meaningless. And I want to watch Call the Midwife. And, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, drink lots of juice. Are you sipping on the juice? <laughs> okay. Are you sipping on gin and juice? <clears throat> no, honey. Mm, no. Definitely not. Okay. Yeah, so be able to see how one another is while they're ill and also how the other person shows up as a caregiver or not. <laughs> and and how does that work? I'll never forget my mom was dating this woman. I think oh I think I was a freshman in high school. I don't know. It was a very long time ago. But I remember distinctly that mom got the stomach bug. And when my mom is sick, like she wants an on-call nurse to be taking like that level of care. And the person she was dating was much younger than her and like was definitely not in that zone. And I think that that was the like, at least in my 14-year-old, 13-year-old brain, whatever, I told myself that that was the end of their relationship because her girlfriend did such a shitty job taking care of her that like next thing I know, you know, my grandmother is there. <laughs> She's like being taken taking care of my mother. So, um it's an important piece. It's like can somebody show up for you in the way that you want and like respect and honor whatever that, you know, like, cause it could go in the other direction too. You're like, I want to be left alone. Mm. What if I was like, no, I come in here and I'm going to rub your head and I'm going to put a cold cloth on you and I'm going to talk to you about things and 
no, that would. Well, work. it's a different level of vulnerability, where it's physical vulnerability. Yeah, which is hard. I mean, it's in my painting a with a broad brush. When I say it's probably harder for dudes to be physically vulnerable, like and ill, and ill. Like, is that, I don't know, like, I don't know, maybe not, because they are very much like this cold will never heal, I'll never feel the same mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think it's a, I think a little bit of it is a willingness to surrender to not being the doer and mm. being the receiver. Mm. So beyond like, you know, that part of it, it's like, how good are you at receiving and neither of us are awesome at receiving. No, you don't have to. I don't, you don't, just go away. <laughs> just get out of this room. <laughs> give me the remote and a beverage and I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get sick. Do you get have anything sick? else? I, have I mean, I do, but it's your turn. I only have one more that I just thought of. So you can oh. go ahead. I mean, for me, yeah. I need to see somebody completely drunk yeah that was one i came up with or thought of but like we had discussed this completely drunk um (laughs) intoxicated in some way shit faced and of course if this was a scenario where like somebody doesn't ever drink like that's different you know if Mm. like if drinking is part of someone's lifestyle great i want to see you inebriated before there would be any kind of commitment yeah i you know Got like three bottles of champagne and <laughs> just kept filling Matt's glass. I'm like, I gotta see this man drunk because this is all done without my consent. Oh, so okay. Like, res- Let's back up and revise that statement. I wasn't plying you with alcohol. You were slipping me drinks. So I was, was like, not. Let me get him wasted. Oh my God. I was like, I have all this champagne. Let's celebrate New Year's Eve. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Okay. No, yeah. It wasn't hard to. It was not. There was no convincing. Because a different, like different archetypes come to the table when right. someone oh, absolutely. is how are intoxicated. You, how are you shitty? Yep. Right? Like, are you the shitty drunk, the mopey drunk? Like, what are you? You know? What's... Are you grumpy? Are you aggressive? Well, it makes me think of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine where it's like, what's one drink, Amy? Two drink, Amy? Yeah. Three drink? Like, what is it? Yep. You know? And, you know, wanting to, you know, again, just wanting to see all the archetypes. Wanting to call them out. However they were going to arrive. Let's. Alcohol is truth serum. Yep. It's like, okay. Pull it out. I want to see it. Yep. And, um, yeah, you're just schmoopy. Yeah, was I? Yeah. Schmoopy. Yep. Hmm. There's lots of lovey-dovey language and hair playing. Oh, that's good. Yeah. See, there would be times when I lived alone and I'd have a couple, like if it was, if I wasn't doing anything, I was just home having a couple drinks. I would often like just watch scenes of movies that I loved. Like, I'm trying to think, like, I, I can't even think like of Casablanca. No, not even that. Not that deep. Not that deep. Not that deep. It was more of just like essentially. I, the I don't know if I actually did this because I don't know if I was doing this when this movie was available. But like, I would like watch Avengers movies. Like, what's the 
the Avengers assemble scene in the mm-hmm. first movie, mm-hmm. like when the like that circular shot. I would watch shit like that, like oh. superhero movies where it's like, you know, I, I'd probably watch. I think some scenes from like The Dark Knight or mm-hmm. Batman or like Superman. I think I, there's a scene in the first Transformers movie, which those movies I rewatched that one not that long ago, and they're totally silly. But the the main hook that keeps me in the first movie is the voice of Optimus Prime in the movie is uh-huh. the same guy from the the cartoon. Yeah. So like it was like you're you know like I said before if if God wants me to do something he will come to me and sound like Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime. Right. right. So the voice of the cartoon and there's a scene when the Transformers arrive to Earth and it's actually more of the music actually uh-huh. like the musical score when they show up is pretty cool and then like the scene culminates he transforms is like I am Optimus Prime and it's like all the childhood emotional like uh-huh. hero feels so yeah yeah so like you know two drinks in and that's where that like gate that holds the emotions in to your chest starts mm. to crack open just a just like a rib spreader a little bit and then a little bit more and a little bit more yeah. so you know two bottles of champagne and you were like i love you so much <laughs> did i say that <laughs> yeah there was lots of loving me. oh man that's good of- you're welcome it was great i was like thank god okay <laughs> check that box okay mm-hmm. i can definitely be all about the schmoopy that mm. sounds great right that's a champagne drunk. Are we operating under the assumption there are different drunks for different types of alcohol? Uh, I don't know if I operate under that, but I do operate under the different type of types of alcohol metabolized differently for different doshas. And we haven't oh. talked about Ayurveda yet. Uh, you have to me? Huh? We haven't. We talked about No, doshas? we haven't. Well, shit. I don't think. No. Mm. Yeah, we must have. Okay. We must have mentioned it. Yeah, but like not Papa. breaking down all of the different things. and um, But I do think that there are certain alcohols when mixed with certain doshas, it's not good. Mm. I and think we've talked about it enough where we've mentioned the name, the them. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's fascinating. That's a different podcast topic. Oh, That is not come a right on. now podcast, podcast what is, topic. So wait, hit me with something that's not good for kapha. Like a a type of alcohol that's yeah. not good for kapha, right? Any alcohol is depressant. <laughs> well, I mean, you are like just <laughs> like saying, the worst. Yeah, probably beer. Really? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it makes me so happy. It makes you very sleepy, and it makes you very snorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in for a treat tonight. <laughs> Um, okay, okay. Do you, you have another one? I do. Okay. I think, now this is very sports relevant. You should watch your partner watch their team lose. Yes. They lost, well, I mean, different variants of lose. Like, you know, they, foot, I mean, different sports are different. You know what I mean? So like football, there's only 16 games. So. It's a bigger deal if you lose one game. So, like, your team lost this week. Okay. So, it's a bigger deal than baseball, who plays 162 games in a season. If you lose one game, not that big a deal. If you lose seven in a row, 
That's mm-hmm. a bigger deal. But this really only, eh, only, I've witnessed it with football, where it's like, you know, the game is on one. There's one game this week. It's on this day. It's really big. Your team loses. Yep. What is it like <clears throat> before, during, and after? This is brilliant. And not, and then there's regular season, but then there's the big game. Mm-hmm. What is it like when your team loses the Super Bowl, which is one game? What is it like when your team loses the World Series? You know what I mean? Things like that. Yep. I think you should watch, if, if it's possible. I mean, this is hard because it is completely out of your control. You cannot fabricate this. You cannot orchestrate this scenario. It's true. And it's, 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 this may be a thing you may not witness until five years into your relationship. Mm-hmm. But again, like a lot of things, this reveals so much. character. So much character. Oh, yeah. Like when the Red Sox, they beat the Yankees in the American League Championship Series. Was it 2004? Was Ugh. it that long ago? Oh, yeah. Well, Sweet the Yankees Jesus. were up three games to zero. And the Red Sox won four games in a row. And... Like I was still living at home at that point, so like, and I was just like, "This is bullshit." And I didn't like go, like I didn't like break anything. I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't believe what I just witnessed." <laughs> and then the Red Sox—they won the World Series that year. They won, they swept the World Series. I think they won like eight eight games in a row, yeah, winning the ALCS and then the World Series. And they had—that was the first time they had won it it's since like nineteen eighteen or right. so long. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, motherfuckers, ugh. I have to hear it. All, everyone I know that's a Red Sox fan, I'm going to hear it. Oh, so annoyed. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Like I, We don't watch as much baseball as we do or we can. But even then, I could feel this in my in my belly. Like I can feel that loss and remember it. The body keeps score, apparently. Oh. I can feel that. Totally. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I wasn't like furious. I was more of just like, ugh, I'm going to hear this forever. <laughs> um, Yeah. And fortunately, the few times the Giants were in the Super Bowl, they won. They lost once to the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, and they got blown out. And that was just like, ugh. But the other couple times, they beat the Bills in like 1991, and then they beat the Patriots, which was like the best thing ever, you know? But yeah, what is it? how does someone behave when they lose? How does someone behave when their team loses? That's yeah. a really good one. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't think of that one. You can't? No. Oh. Because I've seen some bad behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It's gross. So much so, I'm like, this is all, you know, this is meaningless. This literally means nothing. I'm also like, you know that these people don't give two shits about yeah. you. I know. I was thinking about that where, <laughs> like, I hadn't watched. And I'm sure. Oh, my God. Well, I, I hadn't watched a lot of sports, and then I'm like, like almost looking at sports a step back. Like I'm yeah. not so much into it. Where a player like leaves one team and goes to play for their rival, and it's like, how could this player do it? I had such a betrayal. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This player doesn't care. This player is not from New York or Boston, right. and they're going to get paid. They are making a business decision. Like, right. Would it you would leave? be like the equivalent of you having this much energy around like your friend George leaving his job at this bank to go work. 
How could he do that? Uh, like, How could he go work at that other rival bank? Could you not comprehend? Like, yes, <laughs> so I'm going to leave this team that doesn't really want me. Play <laughs> for their arch rival who's going to give me more money. Yeah. I don't care about anyone that's in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, why would I? This is totally... I need to make this decision that is best for me and my family and my well-being. And I don't they don't care about like team history and rivalry. That's all for the fans. Yep. That does no one gives like no one's that's really playing should give a shit. I don't think you should. Like if I was playing for the Yankees and they're like we're going to cut you and Boston was like we'll pay you twice as much. I'd be like yes. In a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because all this like history teams rivalry it's, like, it's it, i mean it makes sense if you're a fan it's very interesting and very compelling but like if i'm a player my window of employment is so limited where i will go that i can make the most money while i'm in my prime mm-hmm. like i'm not gonna I, like who, anyone else who says otherwise is like look at tom brady it was like patriots quarterback patriots quarterback retires eh, i'll play again who wants me tampa bay okay i'll go win with them like it's just <laughs> loyalty in sports fuck out of here get the fuck get out the of fuck here. out of get here do you have anything else i do oh go for it because i this is my last one take dance lessons Ooh. oh i like that it doesn't have to be for the wedding or whatever you know like and and it doesn't have to be frequent. Just take a couple dance lessons together. Take at know. least one dance. The added pressure of like this is for an event mm. adds another layer to what I think you're saying. It does. But it doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. It does. But, and it doesn't need it. Oh no, I think like you can take dance lessons, period. Yes. And it can be as meaningful. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it in preparation for an event like a wedding, that adds to it. Not necessary, but it can add to it. But go ahead. I think it is an opportunity again where, I mean, this is providing that, you know, neither person in the couple is a dancer. Um, and, and so you're outside your comfort zone. You're learning something new. Uh, there is communication that happens as mm. a couple dancing that is both verbal and nonverbal. Mm. Um, when your partner's, quote unquote performance has an impact on your performance because you are doing something together. Mm. How does that work? Like, and they fuck up or they forget a step or, you know, whatever it is. So like some kind of choreographed, like, I don't give a shit if you're learning the Foxtrot, the waltz, the rumba, the. (laughs) (laughs) The cha-cha. The cha-cha. dance the uh, salsa? Mm, salsa, salsa dancing. Dance. It doesn't matter as long as it's a choreographed dance and you are um, you're doing it together. And Do you think that is a good indicator of physical compat- compatibility? I don't. Really? I don't think it really. Ha- I don't think it's an indicator of physical compatibility mm. because, like, I don't necessarily believe that people have to be like good dancers to be good lovers. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I wasn't saying. It was not like evaluating better or worse. It was more of like compatible. Mm. Like maybe you're both shitty dancers. But it's fine. But like you're in time. (laughs) Like you're in time together. You know what I mean? Like you both are terrible dancers, but together in the space you're occupying, you are going back and forth. You're working well together. You are in sync. 
Sure. Doesn't mean you're in sync with the music. Right. Or what else is going on. Yeah. I think that more than that, it's... Wait, can uh, you go back to... (laughs) (laughs) Why did you say it like that? I don't know. (laughs) Are you shy? Because I did. (laughs) Why are you the shy one? This is weird. This is unusual. Okay, fine. Um... I don't think that being good dancers <laughs> is an indicator that you're good at. <laughs> oh, I was going to try to go like so raunchy you're, and I couldn't say do it. I'm like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> like, our grandchildren might listen to this. So, <clears throat> anyway. Oh, I hope they do. <laughs> and this won't surprise any of them. They, it's true. It's very true. Uh, yeah. And I do, I do think that there is a dynamic that comes out when you're attempting to learn something. It's like maybe an equivalent could be if you couldn't take a dance lesson together, would be like you you have to build a piece of IKEA furniture together or something like okay, you know where I mean, that's even I would say easier building IKEA furniture together yeah than learning to dance together. Well, I, I this again. It depends. It's it's not really that's about like good list. That's another good thing. Build furniture together. Re- build some furniture together yeah, with very shitty instructions. Yeah, or great instructions. How does someone treat great instructions? Oh, what are instructions? Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! This is why we don't build furniture. This is why I build furniture, and, and we have figured that out. And this is why you you. I mean, I could do it, but I'm not going to read the directions. <laughs> and it would be done only in that you will stop doing it at some point. This is true. I will do it and I'll, you know, mess it up and have to take it apart and probably walk away and then go back and, you know. I love that idea of dancing something together. Yeah. Take dance lessons together. Uh, how do you support one another? Again, when like your partner's performance, because this happens in relationship. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how you show up and do something, like it or not has a reflection on right. your partner. and Well, it's like you say that, I think of like the dinner party where it's like how you show up mm-hmm. and perform mm-hmm. in front of maybe your partner's peers, coworkers, things right. like that. It's like how do, you, how do you perform in that scenario? Yeah, yeah. How do you support and compliment one another when, again, you're outside your comfort zone? Yeah. You, you don't have all of the steps down. This is a new you know, experience. I mean, like I knew that I needed to marry you. <clears throat> what? When um, uh, I had that party at my house for the YTT, the yogis, the one right? where your mother made everyone cry. She did make everyone cry. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I had invited everyone over to my house and cooked a ton of food and you lived like four blocks away in your little apartment at that point. Did I really? Yeah. We didn't live together. No, I know. I don't, I guess I don't remember where I live. Okay. And, um, you were there. And first of all, you did not have to be there in any way. This oh, wasn't. I felt I had to. Wow. I was like, I need to be here. Okay. It would be foolish not to be here. Well, I mean, I would have been like, oh, okay, he chose not to be here. Like, action well, expresses priority for well, me. So it's never, like, it's very clear. I mean, to say I had to be there, to say it's more of accurate, like, I know where this relationship wants to go. I know 
it would be meaningful to you if I was there. It's true. And this wasn't something like, oh, God. Like, is this my preferred activity? Yeah, not really. But it's also something like, I could do this. Mm-hmm. And this is like no skin off my back. I can do this and be supportive and helpful. And Well, I mean, and don't say no skin off my back because like, you know, anyone who's listened to our podcast at this point knows you are self-declared hermit, don't like to go to parties, generally do not like groups of people that are large. There were 28 people in my house not including all the children that people brought with them and the spouses, the people like just the yogis alone. Yeah. And, um, well, that was part of the, the good part for me where I knew I was not in really a starring role in this performance. I was in a total supporting role. You were. Yeah. And which is kind of where I love to be. And Oh my God. It was like, I was like, I don't, every ounce of me is quivering. Uh, this behavior. I'm hostessing, I'm, you know, entertaining, I'm putting food out, I'm cleaning food up, like doing the thing that you do when you have a party. And Matt is in the kitchen, apron on, washing dishes, putting things away, like, you know, just like without being asked, without any kind of request. Like, it is was it just selfish like, to be like, this is a way to not have to talk to anyone. Well, whatever. It was also a way. Right. I could have not talked to anyone and sat in a corner and you just stared have. at the wall. You could have sat next to mom and watched everybody cry. You would have loved that. Uh, <laughs> I got a great view walking back and forth. It was just like every time I passed, there was someone new and a different level of che- of tears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But that was, uh, it was, you know, it was like, again, how do you show up in in support when... Uh, your, you know, for better or worse, like it or not, your spouse reflects you. And there were many people at that party, you know, family members were invited to and uh, people I did not know at all. And they would, they just kept coming up to me and they were like, oh my God, your husband <laughs> is so wonderful and helpful. And I'm like, you know, Thank and you. you get to a point in your life where you don't correct people and say yeah. boyfriend, because like, what am I saying? Ugh. This sounds so silly. Um, you know, I could be like, oh, he's just my lover that I picked up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that was easy. I I didn't ever feel like, I just felt like this is what needs to be done and I'm just going to do it. And it was like no chore. It was easy service. Mm It's no problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the and the last thing I'll say about the dance lessons is also how does your person either show up in support of and kind of elevate you if maybe you don't quite know what you're doing or mm-hmm. you do something incorrectly, uh, or is it more like frustration and denigration mm-hmm. because your poor performance is reflecting on their ability to do this dance too. Like, oh, you're embarrassing me or you're, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking of how do they take criticism from someone? Because I mean, if they're also that, if these are lessons, there's an instructor that will know more than both of you. So how do they receive instruction from someone? How do they listen, receive instruction, follow instruction? (laughs) So like date two should be dance lessons. Just go on a dance lesson. And date three is international travel. And and date four is food poisoning. (laughs) 
you could knock this out and know in six months. This is a great TV show. We should go to like NBC. Like, all right, oh, yeah? forget The Bachelor. Mm. We have a new idea. Yeah. Where it's like, here's, we're going to put you through all the things that are, you know, the not great. It's going to reveal character in stressful situations. So, yeah. like, first of all, you're going to take dance lessons in a random dance type that you've never done before. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to travel international and get in. Oh, I mean, if this is like manufactured scenarios and you would make sure they have a delay or layover. Right. Or, and you can like, you can like up the ante, like, okay, uh, you're going to take this dance lesson and your performance will be evaluated by professional judges. Mm. And, um, and you'll and there's money attached to oh, it. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, so like the, trip, so, the, the third date that's international travel will be free if you win this contest. If you Right, whatever. or I mean I could even say you could even say like the faster you get. Mm, yeah. All right. So like as time is ticking, oh, faster. like yeah, let's say they were going to win, you know, $4,000 mm-hmm. if they got there within 24 hours, right? And then it just starts like mm. going down and down and down the longer that that travel right. takes like they miss That's a good. connecting flight. Like, how do you be? And then the fourth date is set up to be this wonderful beachside dinner. Mm-hmm. And you slip them both. You slip one of them, Epicac. Wow. And they just start barfing. They just start. How does one take that, care of that the other? That sounds slightly dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. I don't know if we can fabricate an illness. It's like borderline fear factor situation. Yeah, I'm just slip them. Unwilling to go into, but. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, give them a diuretic. Make them shit their pants. <laughs> Give them diarrhea on date four. A bunch four. of laxative chocolates for for desserts. I know we're about to have a romantic dinner, but I have uncontrollable diarrhea. I have so much gas. How do you handle that? I'm one? gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we've just established a pretty good criteria list for people yeah. who are not in relationship yet, or are in or the beginnings. The beginnings, right? Yeah, hit some of these. I mean, hit them hard. I think that like this could be just be playing on repeat on like Bumble or this. Where would this episode uh, Tinder? Uh, what are the dating uh, grinders? There's Bumble. <laughs> Those are the ones I know. There's Bing Bok and no. Bing Bong. And Bumble and Tinder and Burkbork. Cupid something? Cupid. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. So let's do our dancing date. Yeah. Hey, who wants to go on date three, which is the dance date? Who wants to do the date four, where we get finally sick? Where we, where we things come out of both ends <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> hey, good news. If you get through this, you can get through almost anything. It's true. It yeah. It's right. the real mutual victory. It is. Mm-hmm. All right. This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>